The snow business is no doubt competitive, but could your competitors actually help you grow your business? Check out today's interview with the president of a multi-million dollar snow and landscape company in New York about how she learned to build strategic partnerships with people she once viewed as competitors. Elizabeth Bonadonna from Busy Beaver shares why attending SIMA events, going to networking groups, and talking with people who have been in business longer than you that have a bigger company, and being open-minded to new ideas is essential to growing your business. Now, people always talk to me about software, so watch through to the end to see what software Elizabeth uses, what she likes and dislikes, and which software she and I use in common. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jost is here and welcome to The Landscaper's Guide. This podcast is all about helping you grow your business with sales, marketing, and leadership ideas. Now, I love all of the green industry events. I got to meet today's guest in person before we did this Zoom interview at the SIMA Symposium, which was just an incredible event. And hey, we've got a ton of cool events coming up that I hope to see you at. So be sure to check out landscapersguide.com slash events to see which events we'll be at. And I hope to see you there. Now let's get into this exciting conversation with Elizabeth Bonadonna. Hey everyone, welcome to the Landscapers Guide. Today I'm excited to interview Elizabeth Bonadonna from Busy Beaver Lawn and Garden. They're based in West Seneca, New York. We met at the 25th annual SIMA Symposium where we were both presenters. And um, I'm excited to have you on the show, Elizabeth. You have a really interesting business. You all do uh, not only commercial snow and ice management, but also residential landscape design and construction. And you have a garden center. So uh, tell us a little bit about Busy Beaver and how did you all get started? Yeah, so thank you for having me and I'm excited to be here. Um, so we became incorporated in 2014. So before we became incorporated, it was a little bit more of um, residential snow plowing, residential lawn mowing. And then it started growing into commercial contracts. And then we realized it should make sense if we protect you know, ourselves, if we're doing commercial snow plowing. So we became incorporated and took advantage of becoming a WBE, which we uh, are actually now certified. So that's that's exciting. Um, so yeah, we kind of just uh, built it up from blood, sweat, and skills, and um, you know everything came from scratch. So we, you know, worked really hard to, um, you know, do the landscaping, the snow plowing, and now we only do the commercial snow plowing. Um, and then last year we took over the Zittles Country Market, which is a business that's been around for 36 years in our area, and it's like a huge staple for local produce and, and different things like that. Um, but before that, we did have our own garden center. We were waiting for the right opportunity to grow it and find a place and everything kind of aligned. And here we are today and we get to, uh, you know, enjoy the fruits of our labor. No pun intended. <laughs> well, very good. And yeah, I'm curious. So are you keeping it called Zittles? I mean, it's been around for over 30 years or are you, are you changing the name of the brand? So we are keeping our name because we have our own brand. We agreed with them that we can use formerly known as Zittles Country Market for a year after the sale. 
they obviously wanted to keep their name because they think in the future, some of their grandkids or kids are going to um, expand and have like their own little market, not in our area, but somewhere down the line. But I can also respect that they want to keep their name, it's their brand. And we obviously worked really hard to create our brand. We just do a lot of marketing and, and advertising. So people know that we offer, we, our slogan is same great little and the same, same great faces, just more. Great. Well, so so you presented actually on marketing at Simon's Symposium, but I'm excited to talk to you more about the operational side of the business. You were interviewed in Snow Business Magazine in October 2021, and at that time, you were really thinking of, of keeping it all in-house, doing your snow with in-house employees. You've even grown tremendously since then. And in our conversations, it sounds like you, you've expanded your, your mindset around that. So I wanted to just hear a little bit about, in particular, the, the snow side of the business and some of the challenges you've found and how you're planning to work through them. Yeah. So in that article, um, my biggest thing was cautious growth, right? Mm -hmm. And that's because we could have taken more work, but with that comes, you know, you need to buy more equipment you need to you know increase you know as you're increasing your sales you're now increasing everything else and if it's you know parallel great but sometimes it's not always parallel so um we decided this year instead of expanding and just keeping it all self-performing which is something we've always felt really passionate about we're trying to do more of that growth by subbing and, you know, if we already know how to manage a bunch of our own people, I think it'd be really easy and safe to say that we can manage other companies, other professionals, you know, in our area or even in a different area. And, and how, how will that allow you to expand your, your number of clients or the quality you're offering? How do you see growth by subbing working for you? So I think by subbing, whatever we sell the price for, and we sub it out for whatever the price is. In my opinion, because we are a very, very snow heavy market, we get, you know, on average 93 inches of snow a year, which is a lot. Um, so if we had, let's say, you know, a contract for 10,000 and we sub it out for, you know, let's just say 5,000, this is just an example. We know we're gonna potentially make that $5,000. Obviously there's gonna be a little bit of buffer, so then you can plan and say, okay, this I can invest in this piece of equipment or you just know what your profits are going to be. Whereas if you have, which in our market, most people want to do seasonal contracts. So um, we sell about a million, give or take in snow, because that's what I felt most comfortable doing without um, feeling as though I'm going to fail or um, give a poor quality service based on, you know, the equipment and the, the things that we have. Um, so when you have a seasonal contract and you keep having these snow events and Buffalo is kind of hit or miss, or it's just very heavy, it's almost like you keep taking withdrawals out of the bank account. And, you know, at the end, you're like, okay, this is what we're left with. And you don't know that. So going into the, the snow season and saying, let's just say I sold 2 million and we self-performed 1 million. And the other 1 million, let's just say if our um, profit margins are 50%, this is just an example, um, then we know we're going to make $500,000 that we can reinvest into our company, which right now we have 
a lot of things we do need to reinvest in. We're in a, a growth phase where, um, you know, banks, they don't, they see things as black and white. So when I finance the mortgage for the building, I'm pretty much capped out for probably a year or more. They're just going to say, no, you have too much debt. Um, you know, they, they just, it's very limiting. So I think this is a good way for us to grow and know exactly what we're going to make in the year. So we know what we can reinvest, whereas we don't really know. And then if we didn't make enough money, then we're struggling for that same, you know, for the next year until we can figure out how to better for the following year. Yeah, absolutely. And well, and so what changed for you, I guess, from a year ago when, when you did that interview and here we are now? Well, going to Saima, meeting other companies, they uh -huh. that most of those companies, they're selling millions. And some of them are 10 million and 20 million. And I say, how do you do it? And that's what they say. Well, we, we sub things out. They do a little portion as self-performing or they have some equipment just to kind of help stabilize if you know some of the subcontractors failed. But majority of these really big companies are you know, they're, they're subbing work out, they're working with service providers, or we call them, um, you know, subcontractor service providers. So I've, I've learned, and I, I already knew that secret, but I thought that we could try it and see how far we can get. But it's also, you know, I have two other partners, so their opinion matters as well. And now that we have a director of operations who has a huge passion for, um, you know, growth and sales, he's on board and he's already started the process. So it's it's not just up to me to do it on my own. Now I have a team of people who are backing me up that says, okay, you know, we all believe in this and we all see that it could be really, really a good thing for our company. And in realizing that um, in our area, we have a lot of salt. So our equipment goes rusty really quick. It needs a lot of maintenance, a lot of money. So instead of worrying about fixing everything like crazy, we kind of say, well, let the other people worry about that. <laughs> well, and those other people also, though, they're hard to find, right? There are a lot of people who want to subcontract to a reliable snow professional. So how are you finding those people and persuading them to work with you? So the tricky thing in our area is it's obviously a lot of our own competitors. I'm going to start by saying that because um, it is something that is a little uncomfortable because we may have people that um, maybe don't love us, right? Well, we don't know that, but you're just assuming because, you know, when you're fast growing business, um, you know, it, it can be very cutthroat. So we, we do have people that we like, know, and trust that we've either worked with or we've associated with. So we start with them. For example, you know, so-and-so neighbor says this company, you know, they're, they're exceptional, right? Or and you know, we've had some issues, but we're gonna keep using him. So then A, it makes sense because they're doing the neighboring property and B, you're getting that feedback knowing, okay, you're not gonna read Google reviews and you know, you're not gonna um, listen to um, you know, whatever they say, you're getting it straight from you know, another client who can vouch for them. So that's been something that's been really helpful. Um, obviously we do our own vetting. So we look into them and you know, we read some reviews, um, you know, we call them, we talk to them, we look at their work. A lot of it, we know who's kind of, we know who's reputable in our company or in our area. The other thing is we're thinking about expanding, which most other companies go to different markets. So for us, 
I think it would be very efficient and very smart if we went to other areas that A, had lower snow totals or B, needed really significant amount of help. So for example, when we went to cultivate, um, we were talking to different people in the Ohio, it was Columbus, Ohio. They said they only get 20 something inches on average. And sometimes they don't know what to do with the snow. So we're like, sometimes we push 20 inches snows in one event. We're like, this could be easy. Um, obviously we've gotten some advice from, you know, different people, different companies, and even our business coach. And they say, you just hire someone that can manage there. So this way there's boots on the ground. And obviously if it's only 20 inches, it's not like it's every day, um, you know, so it, it would be easy to manage because, you know, for us, we're going out almost every day in the season because um, we have a lot of free stuff or just like little events. Um, so we're, we're doing different approaches and we're going to try to target markets that either um, don't know how to deal with, you know, one or two inches of snow or they have very low snow totals. Yeah, I like that. So, and so that might be, are you finding that those areas have less competition in some ways? Yeah. Are, they less, are they less desirable to maybe some of your competitors? Yeah, so when we were doing a little research in the Columbus area, people were saying that it, it's hard to find a reliable contractor because they don't fully know how to deal with the snow. Um, some areas, I'm sure it's fine, but you know, a lot of places say, you know, they don't have as much equipment. They don't always know how to deal with it because they're not prepared for it. And it's like, you know, Florida got snow, it'd be kind of chaos, right? Um, where it's for us, it's only five hours away. And if we had to send our people to help, if someone was failing, we can easily, you know, deal with that because if it was two inches of snow, it'd be absolutely easy for us. But if it was a bigger event, like six to 12 inches, we have full capabilities and that would still be very, you know, successful for us to clear on our own if subs were failing, that is. I'm curious, so you have these three divisions of your company. You have the residential landscape, you have commercial snow, and then you have retail. How much crossover there is there between the staff? How many people work in each department or are they, are they more specialized? How does that, what are maybe some of the benefits of having these three different departments and what are some of the challenges? So for landscaping, everyone from landscaping, Landscaping works in the snow plowing portion. We have um, people that come on board for the snow plowing that only work during the snow because they have a different job and they work in supplement to their different job or they're getting laid off. Some of the best people that we actually hire, um, they work in like, um, they work for the union or they're in construction like roads and things like that. And then they help us because they're laid off. So they, they have the availability, they have the skills because they're constantly in the equipment. So in like currently right now, we have about 50 employees in the landscape and that includes the garden center. And then in the snow time, um, we've had like 60 to 70 people that, you know, we have go out in a night typically, um, give or take, depending on the event. But most people, they stay all year round. The people in the retail, they're kind of, they stay in the retail. We have a couple of the uh, the men that will go out and snow plow. Our general manager, he's actually helped snow plowing. Um, since the garden center that we took over, or the country market, I should say, 
they used to close in the winter. So this past year we stayed open. So it wasn't very busy. So it wasn't like we needed all hands on deck all the time. So he was able to do both. And, and he, he actually enjoyed snow calling because it was a little bit of a change. And um, he said it was fun. And he was in his little skid steer and it was close to, you know, our shop. So this way he, he could, um, you know, feel kind of close to home. But um, yeah, we, we keep everyone all year round as much as we can. And then some of the guys that come on in the snow once in a while to help us in the landscape with any construction projects as well. What are, what are some of the softwares or technologies that you absolutely rely on that allow you to do what you do on the snow side? So for the snow side, um, we use one call now, which is a text, like a mass texting service. We use um, Google Docs and Google Sheets for like all our game plans for the event. Um, also for work orders, but this way we have a plan of who is in what vehicle, on what route. And then we have a route sheet on the Google Sheets and we even have our site maps on Google Docs. We've tried to implement Service Autopilot to take away Google Docs and Sheets, but we're finding that we still kind of have to have that backup plan because Service Autopilot is one of those apps that's, you know, it has to be perfect for people to use. And it's it's user-friendly, but it also can be non-user-friendly. I think it's going to really help with like the subs, but like our own employees, I found that it's easier to use the Google Drive. Do you all use Team Engine? We do. So we've yeah. incorporated that for hiring. And then it also has the same function, similar to one call now, where it can mass alert, you know, all of your employees or certain groups, which is really awesome. Yeah, it, it does have that. We're actually a partner with Team Engine. It's one of the few softwares that I've actually partnered with because it's just legit. It works so well. It makes your recruiting so much easier. And you can do the group text messaging, which many people, you know, they'll start out on their iPhone and, you know, you're texting 20 people and then one of them leaves and then uh, I guess I got to start a whole new thread or whatever. It gets messy. Um, I, I really like Team Engine. Well, Elizabeth, thanks so much for coming on the show. You know, one of the things that I like about this conversation and, and following you a bit and reading your article was how you've been open to changing your mind along the way to trying new things, you know, so originally thinking like, oh, no, we're going to do it all in-house and then going to Saima and talking with other people who are, what, three, four, five times this, the revenue of your company and seeing how they're doing it and opening your mind to using subs, I think is really smart. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me so I can open up and talk about it and hopefully inspire other people as well. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure people may have follow-up questions for you. So if we do, what's a good way to connect with you? Um, so my email is always good or, you know, my cell phone, that's always good as well. Okay. Well, I will put those in the show notes so that way people, people can see that and find it and connect with you. And Elizabeth, thanks so much. Hope to have you on the show again and see when you're at 10 million or how big are you <laughs> wanting to grow this thing? Oh, sky's the limit. I don't have a number in mind, but you know, I guess let's start with at least 5 million and then let's see where we can go from there. <laughs> right on. Okay. Very good.
one of the ways that Elizabeth is growing her business is through attending events and talking with other people in the industry. And I'm excited that we've got a ton of cool events coming up this fall and winter. On September 14th, we'll be presenting the Landscaper's Guide to Solving the Labor Problem with Team Engine. On September 18th, that week, we're gonna be in Orlando, Florida at the Elevate Conference put on by the NALP. Check out our booth number 1128. We're gonna be raffling away a Traeger grill. I'm gonna have one of my clients in the booth with me. It's gonna be really fun, so check that out. And on October 6th, we've got the Landscapers Summit. This is a full day virtual event. We've got all kinds of cool guest speakers. So check out landscapersguide.com events to learn more about that. My name's Jack Jossis. I look forward to seeing you at one of these events coming up and next week in the Landscapers Guide. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Wrap.